four words. The podcast is reborn. Like a phoenix rising, so are the days of Sunday sports. What kind of reference was that I just made? Anyway, welcome to the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, one and all. If this is your first time listening to a podcast of mine, well, as the name suggests, I talk about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports, from the high school ranks to collegiate and up to the professionals. If it's sports in Cincinnati and Dayton and Eastern Indiana and Southeastern Indiana and Northern Kentucky and up towards Lima and in Columbus, unless it's that team in Columbus, a.k.a. Ohio State, I'll talk about it on this podcast. And my name's Lee W. Mallon. I'm a play-by-play broadcaster, PA announcer, one-time sports talk host, and hopefully a podcaster that keeps up with his podcast. We will see how that goes outside this episode. The next one I'm going to record, which, yeah, two episodes at one sitting. I must have really, really wanted to do this podcast again. Yeah, I've done two episodes. And the one that most people remember is Damar Hamlin back in January, talking about him and wishing him well, which, an update on that. He's back in the league, although he's been inactive for the Buffalo Bills for most of the season. I'm not sure. He played in one game. He was like inactive in seven of the eight, but I'm not sure as of recently if he's played more or not. And the one that most people might not know about because I forgot to post it on social media, like, you know, the idiot I am, was talking about how crap 2023 was. So you didn't miss much. Promise. So, welcome all, and before I continue on, I want to thank the fine folks over on Threads that helped me with uh, a few uh, suggestions on how to resume this podcast, and I tell you, there's a lot of great people over on Threads. There's still a lot of great people out there, but I wanted to thank those on Threads that helped me out and actually got me to podcast again because you know i needed a few more months before i did a podcast so there you go so no so what's new with lee in 2023 well this year has been crap absolute crap to give you an idea on why it's been crap well we are now getting into winter sports for high schools in ohio I believe boys basketball tips off this weekend. Girls basketball tipped off, I believe, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Hockey, same weekend, although if you want to count preseason, the first week of November. So we're fully into winter sports with only seven more football games to play. And those are all the division state title games, which we'll talk about a little later. But, yeah. Why do I mention this is the start of winter sports? Well, I still haven't been paid in full for all the basketball broadcasts I've done, all solo with camera work, graphics, and, you know, actually calling the game. 
I got paid a little, but uh, not all of it. I did about 66 playoff games and also produced all the radio broadcast on the OHSA radio network for the boys and girls state semis and finals, which with all those radio broadcasts would be 24 games. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, where's my money? I'm getting tired of being stiff for pay. And why haven't you asked me to broadcast? But more importantly, where's my money? Yeah, uh, that's happened. And yeah, most of my opportunities elsewhere have dried up. Uh, this fall, I've only got to broadcast one soccer match, and it was the last one at Wright State University. And it was a 5-1 Raiders win over Northern Kentucky. So, you know, it's always a plus when you can beat your rival by uh, <laughs> scoring <laughs> four more goals, which, yeah, I didn't expect to call six total goals in that match, but I did. And the rest was football, which, uh, if you don't know, I broadcast for ESP Media in Cincinnati and with the Princeton High School Vikings, the first undefeated uh Regular season since 1991, first uh, conference title since 2003, first unshared, first solo title even, since 1993. So, yeah, history made this year at Princeton, and Vikings looked good all year long. Just the second half of the regional semi-game against Lakota West, it didn't go so hot, and that's when my football season ended. So there you go. So, yeah, waiting for money. <laughs> which <laughs> I could tell you all the organizations says, yeah, we'll pay you. And they never did like SUV TV, who somehow still has the contract for flying to the hoop, even though it's coming up about 10 years since the flying to the hoop broadcast I did. And I still have not received a single dime. Where's my money? SUV TV. You can block me on Twitter all you want, but it still doesn't hide the fact you're screwing me out of money. So yeah, this year's been crap. The highlight is coming back to the Champion City Kings in Springfield to broadcast my fifth Prospect League season, my third with the Kings. I always love working with the Champion City Kings. Great people, and it's my favorite part of summer. The other part of summer is doing a job that I've been doing since 2011, and the one year I got to announce... Nah, we don't carry three PA announcers. And the other two keep saying now batting before every at-bat. I'll give you a little advice, PA announcers, if you do baseball or softball. You don't have to say now batting before every at-bat. It doesn't sound good. There. I'm glad we had this talk. So, yeah. 2023 for Lee W. Mallon has been crap. And the sooner the year gets over and the sooner things get better... Well, that's something I'm looking forward to. But just because my 2023 was crap doesn't mean we've had a crap year for sports in the area. Yeah, I'm adding more sound effects to my podcast. I don't know why. It seemed like a good idea at the time. More personality, I guess. Anyway, what's happened with sports in 2023? Well, I'm glad you asked. So, the Cincinnati Bengals had a great 2022 season. In fact, they won, oh, what was it? How many straight? Uh, 10? No. They won more than that, right? 
Yeah, they were uh, five and four, and they won the rest of the regular season. And of course, the Demar Hamlin game, which I'm glad he's back. A little sad that he's not getting an opportunity to play for the Bills, but hey, he's back, so that's pretty cool. Bengals made it to another AFC Championship. Uh, back to back, back to back AFC North titles, and the strangest playoff game I ever seen against Baltimore and the Ravens. How do you cough the ball up near the goal line and Sam Hubbard runs it all the way in the Cincinnati kid? That play. <laughs> well, the Ravens are getting revenge uh, during this 2023 season, but never mind on that. We'll talk about that in, in a little while. Yeah. I mean, the future is bright for Joe Burrow. Definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And depending on who you ask, the best quarterback in the NFL. But this year's been a little tough. Uh, tough loss in the AFC Championship to Kansas City on a flag that shouldn't have been thrown, in my opinion. Joseph Asai did not hit him out of bounds. That is not a late hit. I don't care what you say. You just want Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I might be a little salty, but I can admit it. And also, it could be the orange-colored glasses on my head, which is weird because I don't wear glasses, but you get what I'm saying. So another good season for the Bengals. That brings us over to hockey. Uh, Blue Jackets, they got rid of Brad Larson. That's a plus. And they had another tough start to the year. That's why, why am I reading that? Anyway, the Reds, they almost made the playoffs. <gasps> yeah, I can't believe I'm positive on almost making the playoffs. But hear me out. So, the last few years, even the 2020 shortened season, thanks to COVID-19, the Reds have really underperformed. I mean, that team in 2020, we should have crushed our oppositions. We just didn't. The hitting wasn't there. I mean, eventually, yeah, they fired hitting coach Alan Zinter, and I don't know how much was on him or how much. I don't know. I mean, it got better this year, maybe. I will say, 2023, even though there weren't playoffs for the Red Legs, we got to see glimpses of the future. Now, hopefully they stay in Cincinnati, but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Like, really later, like a few years. So, the first name is probably the most wild name of the bunch, Ellie De La Cruz. In his minor league trip, his longest stay was High A Dayton. And yours truly got to announce him that first half of the season. Then he got called up to Chattanooga and spent a little time with the lookouts, a little bit of time with the bats, and then called up to Cincinnati. The Louisville bats, by the way. Not just, you know, the animal, but the Louisville bats. Yeah, L.A. De La Cruz electrifying. I know he had a terrible slump towards the end of the season, but hey, he's a rookie. Give him a chance. I think once he figures things out, and once he can start hitting curveballs, uh, he needs that guy from Major League to help him out. <laughs> if I don't hit curveball, then I, I don't worship you. Uh, I forget the line. And I know. Baseball fan card revoked. There you go. Yeah. L.A. De La Cruz, lightning fast. And now there's talks about him going in the outfield. Okay. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the one game in Milwaukee where he stole second, third, and home in the same at-bats. 
Dude's electric. I mean, he's going to have a bright future. And I hope for all of our sakes in Cincinnati, his entire career is with the Reds. Another name, Matt McClain. Uh, This is someone that I've been high on for quite some time. Uh, A few years ago, he was with Dayton. I think it was 2021. Might have been. Yeah, because was it 2019? No, I'm pretty sure it was 2021. Anyway, Matt McClain, shortstop. Excellent player. Excellent batter. And unfortunately, his season got derailed with an injury. He tried to come back. Couldn't. And what was it? A stress fracture that put him up for good? I think it was a... There was a... a, An upset. Not an upset, but... uh, uh, something that happened and he just couldn't come back. I'm trying to think of the word and I can't. Well, that's another oof if I remember to put it in, but I probably won't. I thought Matt McClain was in the running for Rookie of the Year until his injury, but fortunately it didn't happen. But I think Matt McClain, again, hopefully his entire career is spent with the Reds. We also got to see Christian Encarnacion Strand and... Let me tell you, if you don't know about CES, which is okay, because the time the Dragons faced him, he was with the Cedar Rapids Colonels, the high A of the Minnesota Twins, and the Tyler Malley deal sent him over to Cincinnati. Excellent power, and I think definitely the first baseman of the future, especially now that Joey Votto is officially a free agent, and it doesn't look like the Reds are going to offer him a one-year contract. To retire as a Red, Blue Jays have interest in him, which is his home country, remember, and the only professional baseball team in MLB up in Canada. Uh, Bring back the Expos, by the way. Also, the Reds got rid of Nick Senzel. I I mean, I know he got platooned to a bench role because there's so much down on there, but really? Just not? Dude, the problem with Nick Senzel is he can't stay healthy. I know this. He's got bouts of vertigo. He's had injuries and, you know, he got shuffled to the outfield and just, I thought he did everything he was asked for. And I thought maybe that'd get him another year, but that's the one thing with sports. Once you get attached to players that you hope become reds, sometimes it doesn't happen or become your favorite team. That's why attachment in sports is tough. Because you never know when your favorite players played their last game of your team. But there you go. Uh, Garrett Ashcraft, outstanding pitcher. And I can't wait to see how he bounces back. Hunter Green, not a rookie, but I think he's become the pitcher. Reds need like Nick Lodolo. Problem is, a bad injury and he just never come back. Maybe he had the one that offset his recovery and he just couldn't come back. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Sure. Let's say that Andrew Abbott, the problem with Andrew Abbott towards the latter half of the season, he was pitching over his uh, career high. So, you know, he was kind of getting tired, but man, that Southpaw is a beast and he should be back with the Reds this year. I think definitely an arm we need to keep. So that's the Reds. Yeah. Yours truly got happy that we almost made the playoffs. (laughs) Look, when your owners think that you're running a nonprofit organization as, you know, 
owning a baseball team in the highest ranks outside, you know, the national team for the Olympics, you know, you take what you can get. Castellinis are still there. Where are we going to go? Well, hey, we actually had a team that had promise, and we came back. Funny how that works when the team doesn't look like absolute crap and loses 100-some games for the second time in franchise history. But never mind on that. So that brings us to fall. The 2023 season for the Bengals. <laughs> oh. Man, oh man. What a season. Joe Burrow getting that calf injury second day of training camp. That set the tone. I mean, I don't want to put all that on, but this just this year's just got a weird mojo. The defense isn't as dominant as it was. I mean, with Von Bell and Jesse Bates taking bigger deals, I don't fault them at all. And, you know, but their losses really decimate the defense like that. I I just don't understand the disconnect there, but maybe there's something I'm not thinking of. So there's that. Joe Burrow wasn't his full self until. Uh, what do we want to call? Rams, he was still kind of hindered, but he did enough to get the win. And that's that's Burrow with, you know, a hurt calf still leading the team. If you want to look me straight in the eye and tell me Burrow isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, I'll just laugh in your face. But he finally got better and you just, you know, saw, I think it was the Arizona game on the road where he started showing his uh, mobility back. That bye week definitely helped out. And, hey, we swept the NFC West, so where's our Super Bowl title? No, it's not how that works. And Thursday night football before Thanksgiving. Uh, Clowney with the tackle on him. And then torn ligament, which, by the way, in case you haven't heard, successful surgery should be back for training camp 2024. And he's looking to come back on the sidelines to help out Jake Browning, AJ McCarron, and Drew Plitt, who's on the uh, a training roster. He's not with the team, but you get what I'm saying. Joe Burrow, even though he can't play, he's still out there as a coach. Dude's going to be in football for a long time. He's going to be in Cincinnati till 2030, which, yeah, windows wide open for a Super Bowl. Now, hopefully, pieces fall together, and this offseason is going to be really interesting. we got six games left of the regular season. Can you believe that, football fans? I can't. But, yeah. Offense, not the same bazaz with Browning under center and looking at some of the highlights and the 16-10 to loss to the Steelers, which, of course, they had to fire their OC, Matt Canada, before that game, but uh, never mind. Yeah, just... It's a different quarterback, different style. And problem is with Browning, he holds on to the ball too long, which plagued Burrow in his uh, rookie and second year with the Bengals, honestly. So, yeah, tough year for the Bengals. Not out of a playoff spot, but it's just a lot of doom and gloom. And I tell you, on Facebook groups, is there anyone that isn't a negative Nancy? My God, you think they coach NFL football the way they talk? Like, go get a headset, get a job in the NFL, coach. Or if you think you're better, go play. I guarantee you aren't. Because, heck, 
NFL players go through heck of a regimen, and football is a really physical sport. You sure you want to be saying that stuff? But there you go, Bengals 2023 season. Uh, there is something new with the Cyclones for 2023. Now affiliated, no longer affiliated with the Buffalo Sabres, now affiliated with the New York Rangers, which means the next step up in the American Hockey League, the Hartford Wolfpack, bring back the Whalers. But yeah, we'll see how this new regimen looks. So far, another solid year for the Cyclones. Uh, looked for another play-by-play -play broadcaster in the offseason, and yours truly didn't get an interview. So, yay, part of that 2023, but no, it will just, eh, I follow Cyclones and it's nice to see them do well. Jason Payne is an excellent coach and they just got back one of their uh, fan favorites in Lincoln Griffin. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes for the Cyclones. And yes, yours truly will talk about the Cyclones on future episodes of the Since 19 Sports Podcast. And one more thing to talk about for 2023. I mentioned we're in the winter portion of high school sports now. So that means we had to crown some champions in all the fall sports, right? Well, not quite yet. Football, the state title games are played this weekend, which we'll talk about after. But let's talk about the state finalists and champs for all the sports. And we're going to start with volleyball. And if you don't know, the volleyball state finals are held at Wright State University, my alma mater, and the Nether Center, a wonderful venue, which I can't believe I'm two years older than that, but never mind. So, yeah, the state title games are held right here in Dayton. And we had three local teams take state titles out of the four divisions. The Kings Knights from the Eastern Cincinnati Conference took the Division I title. And with that, they were the first team not in the Girls Greater Catholic League since 1994 to make it that far from Cincinnati. In Division II, speaking of the GGCL, Mercy McGauley with the state title. Division Three went to Lake Catholic. And our last local team, Division IV, New Bremen and the Cardinals. Which means with New Bremen's state title win, that is, what is it, state title win number infinity and beyond for the Midwest Athletic Conference. Uh, man, if you don't know high school sports in Ohio, the MAC, it is some of the smallest schools you come across because most of them are in rural areas. Technically in Northwest Ohio, but the reason why I call them Southwest Ohio, they're in the Miami Valley, which is the Dayton region, hence why I talk about them. So there you go. Yeah, some of the toughest schools. Might not have the student body of some of the biggest schools in Ohio, but they have some of the best teams you can come across in this area. So congrats to the New Bremen Cardinals for their state title win, Division Four. Mercy McGauley in Division 2, and the Kings Knights Division 1. By the way, in school history, officially first state title ever. However, uh, they did have the state title in tennis in 2005, but it wasn't OHSA affiliated, so, you know. There was a lot of hair splitting, so in case anyone wants to split my hairs, then there you go. That's volleyball. So let's talk about soccer. 
if I can find the right tab. There we go. Your girls' soccer champions. We had two Cincinnati area teams take two of three, and these are played at Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus, the former home of the crew. Uh, the new home of the crew is Lower.com Field, which I thought they played those there. I don't know why I thought that, but I'm wrong. For Division Two, it was Cincinnati Summit Country Day knocking off Rocky River 1-0. In Division Three, Cincinnati Country Day over Ottawa Glandorf 1-0. And Division One, the largest division in OHSAA action, it was Walsh Jesuit out of Cuyahoga Falls over Olin Tangy Liberty 2-1. See, not all of them were 1-0. In boys soccer, we'll start with Division 2. Uh, Tippecanoe right in Tip City, just north of Dayton. They knocked off Richfield Revere 2-0. And Division 1, unfortunately, this is a loss for our Sunday fans, but Archbishop Muller, I want to talk about the Crusaders for a moment. Only allow two goals on the year. The season opener match, state title game. You know how insane that is? And in fact, Moeller was the top-ranked team, not in Cincinnati, not in the area, not in Southwest Ohio, not in Ohio, the United States. They were the top boys soccer team. I believe Max Preps had that rating. But they fell in penalty kicks to St. Ignatius 6-5, so 1-1. And then 6-5, St. Ignatius takes the D1 title. And Division 3, Willoughby Andrews Osborne defeated Worthington Christian 2-1. So that's your uh, soccer look. Uh, Tip City and Tippecanoe and the Red Devils, 22-1-1. That's a heck of a year. For Moeller, I want to look at the record because, again, uh, not a loss until that. 24-1. Uh, Won 24 straight matches. Yeah. And when you have to go to penalty kicks to decide who's taking home the state title, chins up, lads. Chins up. Because uh, that... Uh, man. I, I still can't believe just two goals allowed. Two. In 25 matches. You know, there is one more team I forgot to talk about, but uh, we'll cover that after this. I want to look at uh, girls' tennis. If you're asking, why not boys' tennis? Well, they play in the spring. Why do the girls play tennis in the fall and the boys in the spring? The answer is... I don't know. I honestly don't. I don't know if I ever asked that. But I do want to mention, normally held at the home of the Western and Southern Open in Mason, right across from Kings Island, but they did renovations, so they moved them to... Wooster, the College of Wooster. I think they're due back next time, maybe next year. I don't remember. Oh, by the way, Western and Southern Open is saying that's a new update for 2023. Yeah, uh, originally talks of moving it to Charlotte, North Carolina, because, you know, we can't have anything nice, except we did. And apparently it was a very expensive deal to have, but... We got it, and it's no longer Western 7 Open. I just realized that. I'm trying to think if they named a sponsor for that yet, but the big open in Cincinnati is staying in Cincinnati. So uh, to the other Queen City, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Division One singles, 
Uh, I was trying to find the teams because you have teams with state titles and then you have individual athletes with state titles. At least I thought you did. Uh, for Division One singles, I don't believe there was anyone local that got to play in the title match. I see Westlake and North Canton Hoover. So there you go. Division One doubles, Masons, Emma Wagner, and Fredyusha Chadruri won the school's first doubles trophy over New Albany's Richie Francois and Paige Cornelius, 6061. Oh, by the way, Wagner's a freshman, and Sean Dury is a sophomore. Yeah, that double pairing, they stick around at Mason. You might see more trophies for girls tennis over at MHS. Just a guess. And they knocked off a doubles pairing with their third appearance at state tournament, and they finished up as runners-up for the second year in a row. I mean, hey, with all the girls playing tennis, that's a feat. And Division Two, there's only two divisions in uh, tennis. Because I don't think there's a... I don't know how many schools actually field tennis. Should ask an expert on that, but not right now. So, for the Division Two singles... Unfortunately, two local schools were in the way of Bexley's Amaya Bulls, uh, 1-6-1-6-2 over Indian Hills' Martha Thompson and over Eaton's Mallory Hitchcock, 6-1-6-3. And the 14th two-time state champion in state history for balls of Bexley. A nice little village in the eastern part of Columbus, just east of downtown. That's pretty cool. Uh, D2 doubles, uh, Columbus Academies, Raya... Jabria and Yasmin Bilgen outlasted Shaker Heights, Halfway Browns, Summer Mew. Oh, Halfway Brown is the school. I thought Shaker Heights was. Sorry. And Kate Mills, 766-4675. And that's your look at tennis. I did look at field hockey. If you want to talk about a sport that doesn't have a lot of schools playing, I know Fairmont does. I know some of the Cincinnati schools do. But uh, not a lot. I don't even know if Fairmont has it anymore. I should look that up before, but hey, I'm on a roll. By the way, it was Thomas Worthington Columbus, second straight title in field hockey. Now we can talk about football because, again, it's the last sport in OHSAA action that has not crowned state titles yet. We'll start off Thursday with the Division II. Uh, by the way, uh, for football, there are seven divisions. One is your biggest schools. Seven is your smallest schools. Uh, what does that mean to you that know that? I don't know, but in case that helps explain things, there you go. Four of the seven divisions will have a Southwest Ohio school playing for a state title. Uh, two years ago, we had all seven divisions, and Cincinnati Dayton went four and three. That was cool. Southwest Ohio's best Ohio. Uh, argue with a brick wall if you don't agree. So our first football final match is Thursday, the 30th, at 7. It's Division Two. It is top-seeded Massillon, Washington. Yes, the same school that you might know Paul Brown from. Taking on Akron's Archbishop Hoban, the third-seeded Knights, who are 13-1. The Tigers are 15-0. That's Thursday at 7. Three games on Friday, December the 1st. We'll start off with Division 6, and it'll be the Versailles Tigers representing Northern Dark County, 13-2, against top seed of Kirkland, 14-1. and 
Now, if you're Kirkland, you're probably breathing a sigh of relief, like, oh, thank God, we don't have to play Marion Local. Uh, newsflash, you get to play a foe of Marion Local, and one of the teams that played the Flyers the closest. Yeah, if you don't know high school football in Ohio, Marion Local, uh, they've been good since 2000. I think they have, uh, what is it, 12 state titles in football since 2000? It's something ridiculous, but yeah. Versailles takes on Kirtland. That's 10.30 in the morning for Division 6. Division 3, uh, Columbus will bring out Bishop Watterson, the Eagles, 14-1 and on the year. And they get number one Toledo Central Catholic, 15-0. and uh, You might know TCC in Division 2 last year. They knocked off the Kings Knights, and that was the best run that Kings football ever had. And it was a tough loss, but TCC, they're pretty good in Northwest Ohio. And they're undefeated in Division 3. They drop the division down. Divisions are based on student population, boys and girls. So in case you're wondering, is it school size? Is it uh, well, body size? It's that. There you go. So that's at 3 p.m. for the D3 title. Division 1, the largest schools from Clark County for the third straight year, the Springfield Wildcats. They started off 1-3 this year, but... They're now 10-5, and five, and they're playing St. Edward for the third straight year. St. Edward's had Springfield's number in the state title games, so hopefully for our Clark County friends, third time's the charm. Get them, Springfield. That will be at 7.30 Friday night. And three more, again, Saturday morning at 10.30, Division 7. Yeah, Marion Local, they're back, and they're undefeated, and there's not a lot of teams that can keep up with the Flyers. What amazes me about Division 7 football is, again, that's your smallest schools. Maria Stein, that's where Marion Local's from. It's literally a village where if you blink, you drove through it. I know this because our vet, our, our vet, uh, my mom's vet, uh, was up in Maria Stein. So, you know, that's how I know about Maria Stein, Marion Local. They get number 5 Dalton, who's 13-1, and one, Saturday morning at 10.30. Division 5, we have the team that beats my alma mater in Valley View and Liberty Center, 15-0, against another 15-0 team. I believe that's Maslin Perry. That's Saturday at 3. That should be a really fun one to watch. And Division 4, right from my town, Archbishop Alter of Kettering, 12-3 on the year. They get number 5, Glenville from Cleveland, 12-2. In Glenville, I believe they're defending state title winners. I believe they won that. And that's at 7.30. So again, your local teams, you'll have Division 6 Versailles playing Friday morning at 10.30. You'll have Division 1 Springfield Friday night at 7.30. Division 7 Saturday morning, 10.30, Marion Local. And Division 4 Alter Saturday night, 7.30. And that wraps up almost everything in 2023, except how about FC Cincinnati supporter shield winner. And in case you don't follow major league soccer, the supporter shield is pretty much best record man. Oh man. I knew that FC Cincinnati with Noonan as the coach, the coach of the year, I might add, and Chris Albright, the GM, I knew the future was bright. But I didn't think it'd be this dominating bright. In fact, they are in the Eastern Conference Final. You know who they're playing? 
<laughs> the Columbus Crew. I had a lot of people, because on threads I've mentioned I follow FC Cincinnati and the crew. I had a lot of people look at me like, are you an idiot? Or are, are you just one of the most evil people that's ever lived? And the answer is no. I'm not getting into that. But I've always liked the crew since I got into sports because we didn't have a team in Cincinnati. And then once FC Cincinnati came around, I followed the crew. And they were in the USL League Two. Yeah, we're in League Two. And then they got the move to MLS. I couldn't just abandon the crew like that. I I don't like jumping off fan bases like that unless it's something pretty, you know, crappy. But, yeah. Crew and FC Cincinnati. If that is not must-watch soccer... I don't know what to tell you. Because man, oh man, the Audi MLS Cup playoffs. It's it's great to see because FC Cincinnati and the Columbus crew have such loyal fan bases. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And apparently Firefox does not like the MLS website. Oh, good golly. Yeah, pretty much what I need to tell you is FC Cincinnati, they kicked ass this year. And it's been a lot of fun to watch them play. Yeah, Firefox doesn't like that. Uh, so for FC Cincinnati, the Supporter Shield winner, 20 wins, 5 losses, 9 draws. Or ties, as the standings say. But it's soccer talk, it's draws. Technically, it's football, but never mind. Gold differential, plus 18, which is not the best in the East. In fact, out of the top 4, Columbus, plus 21. So not bad there. Yeah, I I honestly think luckily hell is real is in Cincinnati. If it was in Columbus, I'd be worried because I don't think FC Cincinnati's done so hot in Central Ohio. Not say FC Cincinnati. Well, FC Cincinnati's been more dominant at home. So there you go. 13-2 and 2 at home compared to 7-3 and 7. That would be again wins, losses, draws. So still that's not bad. For Columbus at home, 12-1 and 4. Yeah, I'm glad it's not a lower.com field as a Cincinnati and, and away 4, 8, and 5. So there you go. The crew went 16, 9, and 9, and they had 57 points to Cincinnati 69. Uh, first place finish for FC Cincinnati. Uh, third place finish for Columbus. Again, the top nine get in in both sides. In case you're wondering, in the West, St. Louis. First year St. Louis. That was the team that gave FC Cincinnati the first loss. They went 17-12-5. 17 wins, 12 losses, 5 draws. Uh, they were knocked out pretty early in the playoffs, actually, which surprised me a lot. Let's look at the bracket, because now I actually have something to talk about on here. So the conference final at TQL Stadium. FC Cincinnati against Columbus Crew. That'll be at 6 p.m. And all these matches are on Apple TV. I don't understand why they went with Apple TV. Not everyone can watch them. Luckily, there is radio, and it's on 1530 or 1360 a.m. in Cincinnati. Columbus, are they on 97.1? I don't know. I think they are, but I'm not sure. On the western side of things, it's LAFC against Houston in the Dynamo. And then we'll have the MLS Cup December 9th at 4. 
against those winners. On the side of the brackets, Columbus coming off a 2-0 win. They need an extra time against number two Orlando. So nice upset for the crew. For Cincinnati, they got a late goal in the second half to knock off number four Philadelphia, 1-0. Houston knocked off Sporting Kansas City, 1-0. And LAFC, 1-0 result over number two Seattle. So we had two, three seeds over the second seed. Yeah, FC Cincinnati, Costa the MVP. It's been a lot of fun to follow along. And again, Futures Bright with Pat Noonan leading the way and Chris Albright, the GM. They have done... This is their second year with the Cincinnati organization. And they're already one match away from the MLS Cup. You know, Supporter Shield's nice, but you know what would be nicer? Adding a star over your logo. Columbus, actually, their logo, I don't see it on their logo. Uh, so for soccer, for MLS and soccer in general, a star means you won their championship. So if you see Columbus crew with two, they won two MLS Cups. I remember one of those being in college. So there you go. That is 2023 wrapped up. And wow, I'm about 10 minutes over than I thought it would be. But hey, it's okay. We talked about local sports again. So you might wonder, what's up next for the podcast? Well, I already mentioned I was going to do another episode once this is up and live. But uh, I think we're going to talk more about Ohio State. (laughs) Yeah, that's not happening. If you want that team of Columbus coverage, just listen to Dayton Sports Radio. Because that's all they talk about. And it's just enough. That's why this podcast exists. Because I'm tired of hearing how great that team in Columbus is, and yet uh, they're not great. How's that humble pie tasting, by the way? Mm -mm, Out of the college football playoffs. Delicious. Now, for fans that do not like that team in Columbus, don't load up on Buckeye Tears. It's too salty. Don't risk your health or something. No, seriously, am I a lot cooler with these sound effects? Yeah, I wanted to make it where it's not just my voice talking because you know for as long as i've been doing this podcast since 2017 one i can't stand my voice so editing is not fun and i don't like it when i just ramble on like that i what my plan is i like to have a, a topic and then talk about that topic which I know I've done, uh, what was it, last year, two years ago, where I would literally have, like, here's the episode about the Cyclones and everything ice hockey, and here's an episode about basketball and everything that's happening there. I think I'd like to do that again. I also like to have topics. Just to put a little spoiler in your ear, because I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to be releasing this next episode, But I'm talking about things that are overdone because I heard it on local sports radio and I was just like, why are we still talking about it? It's 2023. When's the last time Michael Jordan stepped on the court? And now I said too much. Yeah, Uh, prepare for that next episode, which it's a little bit different than the norm, which normally I talk about Cincinnati Dayton sports and that's kind of it. But I just feel like branching out might be okay for me. Maybe people will actually start listening again. So that's what I like to do. 
with this podcast is kind of broaden it a little bit. Not so much where, you know, I'm talking about that team in Columbus all the time, but just, you know, some topics, some things going on. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I kind of spoiled what the next episode is going to be. It is not about all about Michael Jordan. It's about things that are overdone and talked about to, you know, oblivion. So, yes, Ohio State is definitely going to be talked about in this episode. So stick around for that. But it is nice to come back again. A big thank you to everyone on threads that helped me out that, you know, point me in ways to go. It means a lot to me. So I appreciate one and all that, you know, took the time and helped me out. Thank you. And I feel like with this episode, I can't wait to come back and talk more on this podcast, which is something that's been lacking for a while now. If you've been with me, if you've been a fan of this podcast since the beginning or sometime in the middle, thank you. And I hope you know it's... Very appreciative, and it's definitely not overlooked. I do appreciate you. And for those that are new to the ride, well, I'm insane, and I think things that I say are funny, so be prepared for that, I guess. If you want to listen to old episodes or find out more, um, the best place I can point you is sindaypod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com. And that's where all the episodes of my podcast live. Also, you can listen to this podcast on wherever you find podcasts. So, you know, the Dollar Tree bargain bin, uh, the garbage bin behind the Dollar Tree. Why am I making two separate Dollar Tree references? Maybe because I'm mad that they don't carry as much electronic stuff as they did back in the day. But never mind. Anyway, all the platforms should have the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. If you want to find out more about me, well, I have a website too. It's called the Lee W Mowen, M-O-W-E-N dot com. And you can find me still trying to build up my website from the summer because, oh yeah, that also happened. Everything from my old website got hacked to oblivion and it's gone. I don't have any of the numbers for the organizations I worked for. I was able to scrounge up, thanks to archives of social media and everything, that I'm over 1,600 broadcasts. That's right. Yours truly has done, what is it, 1,606 broadcasts? And over 500, maybe even 600 at this point, PA announcing uh, games that I've been the PA announcer for. I probably should check before I say these things. I don't want to. So there you go. On social media, find me at the Lee W. Mowen. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to resume uh, social media for Sunday Pod. I don't know. Maybe. But those are your best options. And, yeah. Thank you all for listening. All the sound effects were provided by Voice Mod for free. And I believe the opening theme was from oh, Upbeat.io which offers free and premium songs. So that's where that comes from. And some of the others from the Splash app, which closed down about three years ago, sadly. It was an app where you can make your own sounds and music, and it was great. I just wish something like that would come along. Anyway, this podcast is reborn like a phoenix in the sky. Uh, 
I already used that reference. We'll talk to you again soon. Again, SindayPod.com, TheLeeWMallon.com, and wherever you find your podcast, that's where you find the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Till next time.